Tim, 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 win, 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 this is Alongside Frederick Stargoss, Stargoss, bang, 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 in your this year, coronavirus, bang, 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 I'm taking a knee, I'm taking a knee, taking a knee, I can't breathe, bang, 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 I'm in the garden of Eden. My darling, I love Sweden. Bang, 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 bang. I'm all in Stockholm. Bang, 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 on then. Yeah, Ikamaus. What's up, Sweden? Hello, Ikamaus. I'm super psyched to have you in my apartment. And you're dressed as... You're the Pope. I mean, I'm just waiting for the... Uh, the white smoke. When you see the white smoke, I am the first black Pope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen so many amazing costumes on you over the years. I mean, yeah. You've been dressed as, um, you remember the Mexican sombrero thing you had? Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, you used to be a cowboy as yeah, well. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Because um, th there was this whole, um, almost like a cowboy movement in Jamaica in the 70s. I remember there was even an artist who called himself Clint Eastwood back then. Clint Eastwood, and he got yeah. Lee Cliff. Yeah. And he got Josie Wales, so and we love cowboy movies, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. So they were really popular. Yeah, you got a DJ, uh, another DJ called John Wayne. So, you know, we grew up watching cowboy movies, you know? Yeah. And I remember Lee Paris band, The Upsetters, had songs called uh, Django Shoots First and The Return yeah. of Django. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So lots of mm -hmm. like spaghetti westerns were yeah, 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 pretty yeah. big. Yeah. Speaking of Lee Paris, Fashion sense kind of sometimes reminds me of you, you know, the way he. Um, ah, yeah. But he, he never dressed yeah. up as the Pope, though. No, I can't do that. But uh, as a kid coming up, I used to watch Roy Shirley, one of great legend, and, he, and they call him the High Priest of Souls. So yeah, I was wearing costumes and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> How did you end up in Sweden? Well, I was always a lover of Europe, you know? Then I was uh, hooking up with my uh, agent, Mr. Tim Bajio. He's from Nigeria, you know? So then again, uh, uh, he started booking concert for Mouse. So Tim, my work. Yeah, Tim is your manager. Because, he, you know, he's done... No, no, he's an agent. Agent. He's done concerts, like yeah. reggae concerts in Stockholm for yeah. almost yeah. like 40 years, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I'm not on tour and I'm here, if I don't want to go home, I say, okay. I stay in Sweden. I love Sweden, you know, because Sweden love immigrants and then there are the forests and the blood, stuff like that. And it's kind of nice too because 9 p.m. in the night in Sweden. And it's <laughs> like midday in Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've been living in Enskede Dalen, south of Stockholm. What's that like? Well, I didn't know I was in a little small community until. A few, you know what I'm saying, weeks ago, <laughs> I thought I was in the middle of the city in Stockholm, but it doesn't matter, because I love the life, you know? Yeah, I mean, I take a taxi to go to the downtown, I go to the casino or something like that. It wasn't quite far for me, so I said, well, you know, until people started talking about darling, I said, wow, darling, oh yeah, my sweet darling, bang, ding, ding. <laughs> so you've, you've gone to the casino a lot, but that's closed now, I, I suppose. Yeah, it's closed now, yeah. I like to go there to have fun, about drinks, stuff like that, and I like to play the Texas Hold'em poker, stuff like that, you know, tournaments, yeah. What would you say are the biggest differences between life here in Sweden and life in Jamaica? Well, just the weather. You got winter, summer, spring, autumn, but in Jamaica everything is like in once, summer is in one, you know what I'm saying? All year round, the same temperature, climate. This isn't the first time that you've been here, of course. You, you came to Sweden back in the eight, 80s, I think. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah, 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 yeah. Would you say that there's a big interest for your kind of reggae music here? Well, anyway, I go in the world, people I would love to come out with the fact that I'm unique. Bang, 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 bang. So, you know, <laughs> and they love reggae. I say, okay, yeah, you know. I remember back in 2006 in the summer, there were four big reggae festivals in Sweden mm -hmm. that very same summer. And yeah. I, I thought to myself, wow, that's, you know, that's a lot of festivals for... In Sweden? Just in Sweden, four wow. big reggae festivals. Okay. So I, I think that, you know, the whole like, 
especially like the roots reggae from the 70s really left a mark on on this country there's ah. there's a quite profound love for reggae okay beautiful yeah Mona Lisa Mona Lisa men have named you this is Mona Lisa by not king called Mona Lisa Is it only cause you're lonely they have blamed you For that Mona Lisa strangeness in your smile Yeah, this song means a lot to me because before reggae and rock steady, my mama always listened to radio and she always telling me that, oh, that's your father, you know. Nat King Cole. So, she, said that, she said that Nat King Cole was your father? Yeah. <laughs> well, was he? Yeah, I think so. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, because my father was hardly at home. You know, he was a sailor, you know. So, yeah, and then I got to listen to what she listens to. So it was perfect. You know what I'm saying? Lovely work of art. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You mentioned that your father was a sailor. Mm. Was he at home when you grew up? Or did he, well, he was, was he out at sea? Well, he was out at sea and stuff like that, but... I was 10 years old and he came home and saw me gambling, you know, pennies. Called me in the house and gave me a beating and almost murdered me. So when my mom speak up, he started beating her too. That's horrible. And, I, and then all the neighbors, they came out and I'm saying, and he was still hitting us. You know, but that's the little memory I have about him. He was living at my mom's house. My mom just closed the door on him. You know, and he never liked my singing, so I guess that was my tribulation, you know, for him not to be there. You got to love him for not being there. If he was there, I wouldn't be come out. <laughs> and then he went to, on to be a professor, university. He, he, be, he became a professor? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So about maybe 40 years ago, I spoke to him, which was like 2010. And then the doctor only gave him a couple of weeks to live. So I was on the way to see him. And somebody stole my ID. My um, passport. It was my only ID, so he died, you know. That's, a, that's life, you know. I see him on the other side of midnight one day. A couple of aliens. <laughs> so your, your father wasn't happy about you singing, but your mother, did she like it? 
Oh, yeah, she could sing beautiful. When she sings, the old place was quiet. She could sing, and he couldn't sing. And she got a high voice. And you get a baritone. So I got both voices. Bong, ding, ding. So I guess that's it. <laughs> Do you remember when you first picked up the microphone and sang? Yeah, I was about five years old in school. But everybody in school. You know that Ripton. Ripton Joseph Hilton is my real name, you know? Yeah, Ripton Hilton is your real name. Yeah, so when there's any concert going on in, in school, because they always have concert going on when school is about to be on holidays. So some kids would do, uh, you know, poems and a little square dance and stuff like that. So, so singing, everybody look at me. Ripton is going to sing. So I, through high school, through college, I was singing all the time. So back in about 1974, when I was about 17 years old, my math teacher, who was a sports master, said, he come off, let's go in the uh, studio. I recorded two songs, My Father's Land. One is called My Father's Land, and one is entitled Creation. On the Ecomoth label, singing as Ripton Hilton. But I got the name Ecomoth in about 1972 or something like that. When there was a horse named uh, Ecomoth. A horse named Ecomoth. Like Tibetan Ecomoth, but Ecomoth, I will give you a thrill for your money. He's go to the lead all the while and da, da, da. So once I didn't have any money to bet on Ecomoth. And he won. Long shot. And my friends come and say, Ripton, Ecomoth won. I said, I didn't bet. They said, man, you're stupid, you're Ecomoth. I hate the name. So now, the horse race again. And he won again. This time with a sh short odds. And they started calling me Ecomoth. So when I started saying, bang, ding, ding, get it, ding, ding, get it. They said, that's Ecomoth style. Why do racehorses have such strange names? What is you she? know, Ecomoth is a very strange name for a horse. Yeah, well, you got a lot of racehorses you got... If you study the history of racehorses, you know, they have names for all general life. Name after building, name after people, name after all kind of stuff. You got horses named Mark Twain. Mark, Twi Mark Twain, that's a, good, <laughs> that's a good name for a horse. No, I decided to say, okay, next time the horse race, I'm going to bet on Eka Mouse. He didn't race. He retired when I was supposed to bet on him. So that's when the name sticks. So when I started singing, blah, 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 they see you call me Ecomouth, stuff like that. So they kept calling me Ecomouth. But you, so you never made any money from the actual horse? No. O only from the horse's name? Ah, that's so beautiful about the horses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then my friends started calling me Ecomouth and I got to accept it. But w when you started out in the... Like the early 70s, you were more of a traditional roots reggae singer. You sounded a bit different, I guess, un un until you discovered your special voice. Yeah, you see... Uh, I mean, you, you were, a, or you still are a Rastafarian, I, I assume. No, no, I was never a Rastafarian. You were never a Rastafarian, okay. I don't know, maybe I am, but because the fact of me that um, back in them days, if you grow dreadlocks, I see the police, them, give them big problem. They smoking weed, they'll beat them, and you can go to prison for 18 months for, for smoking a little joint. And they would beat them all the time and see Rasta man walking. I said, come here, dreadlocks, and put them in a the jeep. And my mom always cried to me and said, please don't be a Rasta. And da, da, da. So as soon as my hair begins to grow, she cut it. And then again, to so the teachers also too. When they go to school, and they'll place a piece of pencil and run it through the air. And if it stucks, they say go go shave your head. <laughs> but it's when the Afro stuff come out now and everybody wearing the Afro, it was different. The Afro and the soul stuff in America and blah 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 blah. So you know? Yeah. You were one of the first artists to like sing dancehall reggae. 
you know, like the modern version of, of reggae. And you worked okay. with a producer called Henry Junjo Laws, yeah. Laws who, yeah. who was basically perhaps the most important originator of, of dancehall reggae. How, how did people react to that new style when, when it first came out? Well, it was so unique because my unique style and bang bang ding step just come across easy because when I went to the studio, the musician, bass player, flabber hold, or anybody in the, in the Rouge Radix band, said, Mouse, you got a song, okay. What song you gonna sing? I said, well, I got a song named Ganja Smuggling. He said, okay. Let's hear it. I'm like, Bang bang bidi bang bang bidi bang bang bidi bang 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 executive producer because he he will leave us in the studio and then come back okay, when the song do, is finished didn't do the actual so the, work the musician and I did the stuff you know what I'm saying but sometimes he will say Mouse I got a topic for you Mouse sing about Hitler okay I'm gonna do that you know what I'm saying? There was a man whose name called Hitler bang bang yeah you mean your Hitler song yeah yeah how, how did you um, decide to write a song about Adolf Hitler? You know, that's a, quite an odd topic. Yeah, well, let's see. That was my kind of way of just doing me. Because you see, I, I don't sing for the people. I sing for me. And you were interested in World War II? Yeah, you know. He's not, I mean, I love history, you know. Stuff like that, you know. Yeah, even when they... they just history. Sometimes they say they don't know who built the pyramids. So alien buildings, <laughs> like life, you know. I sing about terrorists in the city also, that kind of stuff. Let's listen a little bit to your song Hitler. Yeah. I've actually heard a, a, quite a few songs that were inspired by your Hitler song, other reggae songs about Nazis or, or Hitler. Is it correct that Bob Marley used to call you Bang Ding Ding? Yeah. That was his nickname for you? Yeah, because back in about 1979, I did a song, I guess, 78. It was released in England. It's called Noah's Hark. So when Bob Marley came back now, because my friend, he was a bodyguard for Bob Marley, Anthony Welsh, and, and uh, a man named, we called him Lip. And he was on tour with Bob Marley all the time. So, and I'm from Trenchdown, so Bob Marley summoned me. I say, yeah, you want to know this, he come out. <laughs> Them come and say, yes, bang, ding, ding. One day you're going to be famous, you know. Like before, what is it? <laughs> so when his children come from school, like Ziggy Marley and Steve Marley and Sidella Marley and the, and the other one, which is his stepdaughter, he always send them, so he come out, sorry. He come out, sing for them. And when they come from school, before they go upstairs, I see their dad. They always say, Ma, sing for me. Daddy says, sing for me. Rita Marley, she would come down the street and say, he come out, please don't give them any weed. I said, no, miss, I won't do that. <laughs> Why would you give the children weed? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What different, what, what, yeah. So she, she thought that you would do that? God. No, she she, 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 she was making like a joke. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there was weed everywhere. I said, come into Bob Marley, please, smell, you smell weed. Yeah. Did you become friends with Bob Marley after that? Or yeah, well, you... I was friends with Bob Marley since I was 10 years old. Yeah. We didn't know it was me. I knew Bob Marley was 10 years old. I was right there, watching them rehearsing. Yeah, I was right there beside uh, the Abyssinians 
we was when they were doing um, rehearsing a song named Satamasa Ghana before the song went in the studio. So it was right there on Baker Street and right around the trenches on. You know, but, but I mean Jamaica is so small, 170 hours miles long, miles long and 55 miles wide. So and they all trenched down, so you know, but we never know you're gonna die so early. You know what I'm saying? And then again, it's not about you no know, starstruck stuff. The artists them just walk around and blah 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 stuff like that, you know. I mean I'm coming from school, I always stop by um studio one, scatterlights and Oreo Sandy and everybody and Babandi and they outside da, da 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 and they used to send me to the shop to go buy weed or beer or cigarette. So I'm seeing Mr. Clement Dad. I said, Mr. Dad, I wanna record a song. I was, I was about like twelve years old. He said, No, go to school. Got a fact man, if you're not going to school, they record you. Because Dennis Brown, he didn't love going to school, love the Rasta. So they recorded him. You Mandela them, but if you go to school, they say, no, go to school. School will save you. If you're not going to school, music save you. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever think about doing something else? You know, were you good in school? Well, good as I went to school, you just learn to read and write ABC. Corresponding people, but I mean, the older I get, the wiser I get. So, if I go back to school, I would get all them degrees right now. But I got a son in America named Turan, he's Chuck Hilton. He got the best of both sides. I'm black and his mom is white. At five years old, he skipped kindergarten in first grade. While he's in first grade, he's doing 12th grade mathematics. Wow. At 15 years old, he was top five in America in mathematics, you know. So I make sure that he was living in a, a nice environment, you know, and he goes to the best school. So every kid can learn if they're in the right environment and blah, 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 you know. So How many kids do you have? I think about nine. One in Canada, three in Jamaica, and five in America. <laughs> and how, how much do you see them now? Well, I haven't seen... Them in America for a while, you know, got in some problem, stuff like that. They have me deported back to Jamaica, which I was misrepresented by the lawyer, stuff like that. And again, management too, kind of like took my money over a four year period, and all kind of stuff, you know. So they rubbed me the wrong way, so I haven't seen them for a while, you know. But soon, you know, I'll see them again. Yeah, bang ding ding. To the town of our free road, a stranger one fine day Hardly spoke to folks around him, didn't have too much to say No one dared to ask his business, no one dared to make a slip The stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip This is Big Iron by Marty Robbins Bang ding ding it was early in the morning when he rode into the town He came riding from the south side, slowly looking all around He's an So who was Marty Robbins? A country and western singer? Yeah, a country and western singer, but that's what he hear on the radio in Jamaica back in the 60s. I'm saying so, how can I do that spin off it? In the island of Jamaica, rode a ranking one fine day Hardly spoke to folks around, didn't have too much to say. Bye bye, diaper, diaper, bye bye, diaper, diaper, bye bye, diaper, diaper, the sound of a gun said the second. So, you know, so, yeah. I love him, yeah. Amazing, I'm, yeah. I'm impressed. This song was on an album called Gunfighter Ballads and the Trail mm. Songs. Yeah. So, it's basically about cowboys killing each other. I, I really like how, you know, old country and western songs like this will remind you of like gangster rap because yeah, it's yeah. basically the same kind of storyteller right. yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. someone like Marty Robbins would never I don't think he was ever accused of inciting violence or no. anything he was talking about a good cowboy yeah Texas Red and he's down and even on now by the name of Texas Red Ready men are trying to take him and that's ready men are there. <laughs> yeah. but the outlaw didn't yeah. worry men that tried before were day. Twenty men had tried to take him, twenty men had made a slip Twenty-one would be the ranger with the big iron on his hip Big iron on his hip 
you mentioned Bob Marley, and I know that you, you worked a little bit with his son, Damien Marley, yeah. who, who recorded the very successful album Welcome to Jam Rock, and you were on that album, which yeah. got two Grammys, I think? Yeah, yeah, you got them, yeah, yeah. You recorded a song called Cocky Suit together with him and Bounty, yeah. Ki- Bounty Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, did, was that a good thing for your career? Well, well, good thing for his career, because he promised, like, you know, Mouse, you're going to go to the studio and do the song. Then if the song hits, you get six figure. We're going to make a video. We're going to go on tour. I mean, nothing transpired, you know what I'm saying? So I guess it was good for him. Yeah, you then again, to when he was about like 14, 15 years old, I teach him, I teach him the art of, of uh, lyrics. He said, Mouse, I said, okay, when you go in the studio, you have your lyrics. And you go back in the studio about four different times without your lyrics and freestyle. And all the about thousand words, choose a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He didn't treat me good though, but it's okay. Yeah, I just mentioned it because you've been very, you know, openly critical of the Marley family. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, lately. I mean, on, on, on Bob YouTube Marley especially. Said, Bob Marley said, Trenchstone Rock. I never turned my back on you. Trenchstone Rock. I never let the children cry. Oh, yeah, it's Kingston 12. We saw that Trenchstone. Would you be a Bob Marley? No. What do you remember from writing your famous song, Ganja Smuggling? That's one of your biggest hits. Yeah, well, I was invited by um, Bob Marley's bodyguard, Tony Welch. So when I had this, one of them hits in Jamaica, he gave me a big house. At the time, he was friends with the Minister of Housing. You know what I'm saying? So... He said, Mouth, they were gonna meet in Orange Hill, stuff like that. Then I went to Orange Hill, saw all these big, high ranking police, man. A lot of big ganja tree. I never saw a ganja tree before as tall, like twice as tall as me. So they were talking about put the, gan- the ganja on the plane and fly to Florida. So I said, Put the weed on the plane and the weed and gone to Spain and the money pull out rain. So that was a definitely a gun that smuggling I saw. So I sang about it. <laughs> it's a funny song, but, but it has this sort of sad vibe to it as well. Because you when you listen, you understand that people in the song don't really have, you know, an option to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're so poor that they have to sleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. So they, they have to keep smuggling. Yeah, yes, yes, sir. Let's listen a little bit to it. Yeah. Early, early Sunday morning, it was a big and just smuggling. In a day, more me a big and leave, me a them down in a photohub. One by one, load up the van, all of the ganja it ram. Put it on the plane, going gonna Spain, money just a pour like rain. Me dust a muggle up the lane in a gold rope chain. One of the first times that I saw you was in the movie New Jack City, where you play a Rastafari drug dealer who... Um, yeah, fights me, yeah. What do you remember from shooting that movie? Was that in New York? Yeah, New York, in Manhattan. Well, I was performing at a Hunter's College in my costume. I got a genie costume on. And then some young man came backstage and said, Mouse, I love your performance. My name is Maria Van Peebles Jr. My father's name is Maria Van Peebles Sr. He was director back in the 1940s. I said, Mouse, I'm about to graduate from film school, you know? On my first film, I'm gonna come get you. And then I get a call. <laughs> Couple months after I said, I should get on the plane right away in Los Angeles and come do a tryout. So I went on the plane, it was a five hour flight, and the guy said, Mouse, you're gonna play Fat Smitty. You're skinny. But your pocket is fat, and it's gonna be a memorable part. You gonna remember? So I said, da 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 da. I'm so okay. I'm out. Perfect. 
And they put me a ta- they send me in a taxi and back to Los Angeles. That was it. And then again, before that, I was located by a producer who had a movie entitled uh, Mark for Death with Steven Seagal. So he offered me $100,000. I said, okay. I said, let me read the script. I mean, I read the script, I didn't like it. Jamaican and Rastas doing voodoo and killing people and blah, 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 and drugs and cutting up people's head and the guy don't dead. I didn't want I said, so I, I walk out of them. You know what I'm saying? And then I got New Jack City. Yeah. Okay, so you said no to Steven Seagal? No, not him. The director, the producer, yeah. The producer, like, yeah. okay. Yeah, but I, I happen to know that Steven Seagal is really popular in Jamaica or he used to be I, yeah, th- yeah, I think he even recorded like a reggae album uh, I, I think so or maybe a reggae song I, I think so he can play the bass too yeah he's quite musical yeah yeah definitely you, yeah. you can't really tell when you watch the movies because he's just yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. tearing the limbs of people <laughs> <laughs> last year you recorded a song called Controversial Song where you appeared in drag with lipstick and a red wig Um, dancehall culture has traditionally been been quite homophobic so I I assume that you know it takes really really massive balls to dare to do something like that yeah like like a pro-gay dancehall song from one of the legends of the scene how how did people react to that yeah well it was like in the summer 2019 when I thought Jamaica was in the wrong zone at the time Italy and Japan and blah, blah, blah. So they couldn't win that zone. And they got a good team. So I just said, okay, let me go. Uh, let me just think about it. And then again, so they got a, also got a, had a concert. And I saw my name on the concert, concert without me knowing. So it was a, it was a Butch Bantam concert in uh, Geneva, Switzerland. So I told the promoters, you know what? I'm going to put on a lipstick, put on a wig, the, the gay flag, just to make it known that I'm apologizing for being a man, sizzler, T.O.K., bounty killer, and bougie band You know what I'm saying? For being homophobic. Because I reggae is for everyone. You, and I was saying that, I was also telling them that if you were a gay person, And you heard the name, reggae music. <laughs> oh, they feel like, oh, it's reggae. We go see the music. And if we go see the music, it's a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you can't say reggae without saying gay. That, yeah, you yeah. have a point there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So the Jamaican name was talking about, hey, don't come to Jamaica, they're going to kill me, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So, well, you know, talk is cheap, you know, because if words could kill people, the whole world would die by now. So I said, I said okay. And a friend of mine named King Kong, he said, Mouse, let's do a song. So he came, he came with a song, I did a video. I went in Trenchstown and the kids them loved me. Because I don't know, we gone, did my stuff on. And this lady, a local lady I know her. And then she put them away and did my stuff. And the, the big crowd, the kids them love it, everybody. <laughs> my friends them love it too, because they, they know, it's like, you know. I did a, I did a music video called Schizophrenic. Dressed as a woman too. And they didn't the play it in Jamaica. Because they were all four people were making a lot of noise. Ah, nah, we can't play that. You know, but it's a acting, isn't it? But it's okay. Yeah, I, I'm still loving it. Why wouldn't they play schizophrenic? Because they were getting complaints from certain people that, you know, you can't play that because I'm all dressing drags and da, 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 You know, they ignore Oh, yeah, because you made a link between dressing and drag and being schizophrenic. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. How much do you keep up with the, like, contemporary dancehall music? Do you listen to it, like newer artists? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, Vibes Carter, he's in prison. Yeah, that's weird. He, it's still as if, you know, he runs the scene, even though he's been he in prison for murder for, for almost a decade now. It's brilliant, but you see music now. If you want to be a drug dealer, you see the music? Be a drug dealer or a bad man. You got to choose one. Abuja Bantam was caught on the FBI yeah, video. He was, he was basically framed. Or, no, he, it was, no, it was, it was they an, caught an, him testing the 
the cocaine and yeah, but, tasting yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, sorry. It, but they set him up. It was entrapment. Entrapment because yes. he's homophobic and he got to get him somewhere. But I said he was dealing with cocaine because he wanted a quick way out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Got this guy also named Flipper Mafia. He's in prison now. He's in prison about 35 years. He's doing 35 years. He wasn't no artist that was like, you know, he got, you know what I'm saying? It's a recognition. He was giving away money and throwing away money. And people want to know why he's doing that. Then again, he was a big drug dealer. Caught him with $500,000 in his house and numerous kilos of cocaine because they want to go that quick way, you know what I mean? Uh-uh, not me. I don't like prison. Yes, he's... I don't like jail. You can't sing in jail. Ain't no cars running in jail. Ain't, ain't no trees in there. You know what I'm saying? I want to be free and do my stuff. So you stay away from dr- drugs? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to sell drugs for what? It makes no sense. You're going to choose one. You're going to end up like Vibes Cartel, Mujibanta Man, Ninja Man. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's how it is. Love is only true in fairy tales And for someone else but not for me This is I'm a Believer by the Monkeys. Bang, then, then. That's the way it seems Disappointment haunted all my dreams Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer Now her trace God, I never get tired of that song. <laughs> you know, you know what's what's funny is that the, mon- the monkeys were just this pure, super commercial Beatles copy. Mm-hmm. You know, they had no ideas of their own. But still, they wrote a couple of super classics. All you get is pain When I needed sunshine I got rain Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes Nice dress uh, It's a it's a t-shirt Until you tried it on Same goes for your health care That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How did you first hear that song? When that song was playing on the radio in Jamaica in 1968, in 68, yeah, everybody, everybody know that. And they got the, and they got these monkeys on the TV because back in Jamaica, in the place where I live, my yard, I was the only one with a TV. I was about like 1966. And people would wait at the front of my door until the TV sign on. You know what I'm saying? The TV sign on at uh, 5.30. And they couldn't wait, so the TV got to be on at 5 o'clock. And all the years, what? And then TV's on. 
So, you know, yeah, so everybody was watching TV and blah, 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 you know? Yeah, and then the monkeys was always there. And they battled the monkeys. You know what I'm saying? You know, TV going on, then blah, blah. You got solid gold and all kind of stuff. Gilligan's Island, all kind of stuff going on. But the, the monkeys never made it to Jamaica to play concerts or anything? No, no, no. 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 Well, at least I, I went to the zoo a lot. You went to the zoo a lot. I see a lot of monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was the first big concert that you went to? Oh, that was at a Carib Theater in Jamaica. Or like Independence Day or Christmas Day. All the big artists then come out and sing. John Holton, Oreo Sandy and Bob Andy and Ken Booth and... Marcio Giffinson, a lot of artists come out and sing, scatterlights and stuff like that. Jackie Mitou playing, stuff like that, you know. Slim Simit. Yeah, I see all of them. I was about like 12, 13 years old. Dennis Brown, he went to a school not too far away from me, about an half a mile. He went to a school called Central Branch. And I went to Kingston Junior Secondary School. I was about like 13. At that time, I was a boxer. You, you were a boxer? Yeah, I was a flyweight champion of Jamaica, the gold medalist. Dennis Brown School and called him out and said, yeah, let's go to a singing battle on team because he had me as the best um, singer at my school. I said, there was one kid named Richard Clark. He said, Ripton, take him to the gym. I took him to the gym, and he was top five in the world in boxing. They call him Shrimpy. Once they placed me in the gym with a guy in a, in a higher weight. He was lightweight. He got flyweight. He got bantam weight. He got lightweight. And that guy was good. But he kind of box a little bit cheat, cheaty. When you jab... He grabbed onto your gloves, quite quick and punch you. And he sat me in the stomach. I said, wait, 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 wait. No more. And I came out of the gym. <laughs> I said, I quit boxing. <laughs> when you boxed, were your opponents able to even hit your head? Because you're, no, re- you're, tall, you're really, really tall. You're yeah. almost, how they tall are you? Me. Like two, two meters? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they call me the worm. The jab, worm? Jab, jab, jab. <laughs> yeah, jab, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, because most people wouldn't be able to reach your head. Yeah, but when you're tall as a boxer, your weak spot is your stomach. Oh, yeah. And when you're short, the head part, boom, boom, boom. It's a weak spot. So one of them stuff, you know? It's cool. Pata, pata. Miriam Makiba. Bang, den, den. South Africa's most famous singer, Miriam Makeba. What, what do you remember from when you first heard this song? But, but what about that song? It was like, Pata Pata was a dance. And then everybody would dance like her. And do the dance as she did. And, blah, 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 so. and her voice was so unique. You know what I'm saying? We love her, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you dance that dance, the Pata Pata dance? Well, I was, I, I, as a kid, I was trying it. I said, you can't do all this stuff. I love how, how dancehall music has, you know, kept delivering different styles of dance. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you still see new new dance crazes mm-hmm. coming out of Jamaica. Yeah. I, you remember when um, that dance daggering, where you know guys pounded their groins into girls re- really, really, really fast. Okay. D- d- daggering. It was, mm-hmm. you know, supposedly people daggered so hard that they broke their pelvis bones. 
when I got this, this guy, he was the greatest dancer in Jamaica. He was a brilliant football player. He's from Trenchstown. He's called Bogle. Oh, the Bogle? No, he's called Bogle. But th- th- that's a dance too, the, the Bogle. His name was Bogle. His name was Bogle, yeah. So you do all the kind of really bongs and all the kind of dance and stuff like that. Whenever time I return to Jamaica, yeah, I come to my house the same day. And I give him all kind of clothes and all kind of stuff like that and stuff and weird stuff and stuff like that. And then next thing I know, he blew up in the dance hall as a dancer. And then they got, he got violently killed, murder, while stopping for some gas. Because that night of the dance, the beanie man was in a, I look arrived all the stuff. So he brought in a rooster, you know, chicken in the, in, in the dance. And dressed the chicken up, dressed him up. Maybe he trained the chicken or something. And chicken wasn't shy because there were a lot of people in the dance. So the chicken started dance too. And then the other guy then didn't like it. So he left the dance and went to the, uh, getting some gas. And they wrapped him up with some gunshot and killed him. And even when he was dead, man, they didn't bury him until like a month. They took his, his grave. I was coughing to the dance. So I thought I love him. I, I don't really understand. Were they upset about the chicken thing? Yeah. W- why would they be upset about something like that? Because that's how it is. In Jamaica, sometimes, see myself. Once they was saying that it's being a man may have got him killed because I beat him and he, uh, and he were like arguing in the dance. I beat him and he'd have some friends with him. Maybe Biedemann didn't tell his friends and what to do to Bogle. But sometimes you got people now, they want to prove something to the boss. Although the boss didn't allow it. But they want to prove something to the boss so the boss can get scared of them or respect them. Something like that. So, But th- that guy, Bogle, did he actually invent the Bogle dance? Yeah. He did? He did. All the dances, yeah. He's the best dancer ever come to Jamaica. Yeah. He lives in Trenchtown too. Not far from me. Because the, the bogle spread across the entire world. It was world, you know, yeah. huge dance craze, like, like the twist or something. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamaica is not a big country, but still it has produced like thousands and thousands of artists. Uh, do you know why you know, it's become such a big music country? If you compare it to other you know, countries in the... In the Caribbean or something, it's... it's uh... Well, you know, Jamaica is all musical because uh, back in the 60s, there weren't no reggae. It was in the Calypso, Paro, and guys were, they were doing them stuff, you know? Because once I saw that um, Eric Belafonte was Jamaican, and he wasn't. I think he was from Panama, but everybody thought that he was Jamaican because he was speaking, singing the Jamaican dialect. Coconut woman is coming down. And then they don't be there. Coconut. So, I'm saying, so, I guess Jamaica just turned it around to reggae. And that's how it, it evolved, you know? Then the craze went down, and then we started having our own music. And to keep our own music alive, I should say, people keep this recording, recording, recording. Because we don't go to. If you ain't got a job, music. That's how it is. If not music, you can't sell weed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's how it is. Yeah, you know? Also, I've noticed that a lot of Jamaican producers have an ability to, you know, pick up on things that are popular and, you know, use them and transform them into something else. So I remember this, this trend in the late 90s where some Jamaican artists started to sing opera there was this guy called Buccaneer who did a song called Skettle Concerto, which was basically um, like opera singing to dancehall beats. And it, it sounded completely insane, but it was unlike anything I've ever heard. You know, that level of creativity is so, is so impressive. Yeah, because a couple of days ago, two guys from Sweden, two young men, another man, gentleman he called, and said, Mouth, he's mixing hip-hop or rap with a Swedish folk song. Maybe he had it. He got a little techno. 
And you say, Ma, do you want to work with that? I say, I'm ready. So I'm waiting on that now. <laughs> Speaking of Swedish music, I wanted to play you a Swedish track. This is a song called Gitta from Verkligheten by the Latin Kings, a group from the southern suburbs of Stockholm. Dogalito. Yes, it's Doggy Dogalito. So this is Gitta from Verkligheten by the Latin Kings where Doggy Dogalito raps and I, I'm, I'm translating this. I lean back in the sofa and I relax. Everything is chaos, I need a break. So I put on a classic, a fat Ica mouse. The bass is vibrating in my one-room apartment. I know that a lot of like Swedish hip-hoppers got into your music thanks to this track, because ah, Doggy Doggelito was like pushing your name out there. Yeah, thank you. But have you, you've worked with them on a couple of times now. No, no, I met, I worked with him the first time about a week and a half ago. <laughs> oh, so you just met him? Yeah. Oh. Beautiful, yeah, a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a massive fan of yours. Yeah, I was listening to your song Terrorists in the City. Uh. Um, which seems to be about police brutality. Well, no, rude boy brutality. Rude boy brutality. You mentioned the anti-slavery activist John Brown, who was uh, he tried to make the slaves in Virginia rebel yeah. and take over, and he, he was hanged for for treason. Yeah, is that one of your most political songs? Would you say so? No, well, you know, I'm a song. What am I saying? That political, because I sing about uh, uh assassinator, something like that, you know. So I just sing of what goes on because terrorists in the city, the guys they were acting like terrorists, man. They were killing everybody for you, political you mean reason. The, the rude boys. Yeah. Political reason, you know. They will go to different I would say political places and murder people, you know. And one day they murder thirteen people. And all the people them People then we were doing was playing the game of dominoes and stuff like that. But now it changes now. It's about thug life. Yeah. So speaking of terrorists, I, I googled John Brown a little little bit and I didn't know this, but, but he, he was supposedly the like the hero of um, the American terrorist Timothy McVeigh, who was responsible for the Oklahoma City bombing back in 1995, like a white supremacist. But he, he saw himself as like the the white version of John Brown. And he was, he was totally, you know, into his um, ideas. Yeah, he was into his ideas. Yeah. E- even was though he was like a Nazi. Yeah, basically. yeah, you know, but sometimes they spin it sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, it's like Donald Trump in America. They say they're racist. I don't think so. I think he's good for America. He's good for America. He brings out the racism in people. What, 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 what do you think that's good? Well, he brought the economy to its best. But well, that's him. You want to make America great again. You know what I'm saying? So you got people who are going to think he's a racist and then go over and work with him. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no not really. What, what do you mean? If I mean, he got all these people that he fires and he was talking all kind of stuff. And they're racist. You know what I'm saying? Because he just likes talk because he's an actor. And as soon as he finished politics, he go right back into... Film, show business, you're fired. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the apprentice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're doing this stuff because every president, they want to be famous. They only got one or two terms. And they want to do something. Just like how George Bush went to war and there was no weapon of mass destruction in Iraq. They want to make his claim. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Donald Trump is doing. So while he's in office, you're going to spew 
over this race stuff. Near Nasty gonna come out and da 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 da, and that's how you clamp down on them. That's why Donald Trump was saying a few days ago that yes, the near Nazi them are involved in the looting of the killing and the protesting about George Lloyd. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's how it is. But I don't think Donald Trump is a racist. Uh-uh. I mean, so many black people got killed in the Obama regime and got deported. So you don't think it's necessarily any worse now? No. I mean, in, in Obama's administration, it was more worse. Because he's black. And everybody thought he's going to do stuff. He didn't do anything for black people. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think he was scared. Think they're going to kill him. Because surrounded by mostly white secret service. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, when he came to Jamaica, I mean, when they asked him about if he's going to expunge and exonerate Marcus Garvey and give Marcus Garvey a new slate, he said a waste of time. How can it be a waste of time? I love Donald Trump to expunge and exonerate and give Marcus Garvey a new slate. Because uh, he was uh, the uh, Negroes uh, uh, in uh, America. So, 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 sorry, a, a new slate? Yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, a new slate, like, like, you know, back in Jamaica, before we got the books you write on, they would do a slate. We call it slate. Oh, uh, so, sorry, but I, I, I meant to ask, what, what would you like um, Donald Trump to do for Marcus Garvey? Yeah, to, like, like to, Marcus to, Garvey uh, is... To honor his she, memory somehow? Or? No, he's a, he, was wrong, he was wrongly convicted. So if he... Take up the charges, extract that stuff from Marcus Garvey, make Marcus Garvey a free man. But it's on the Marcus Garvey record that, yes, he's a felon. And then? Okay, so it's, it's, a matter of, the, yeah. it's a matter of his legacy. Legacy, yeah. And then again, to, I mean, when, Mark, Mark, when Garvey said he need people to um, repatriate back to Africa, only 13 Afro-American Negroes showed up. And you got one lawyer named William E. the boss. He didn't like Marcus Garvey. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So Marcus Garvey got to go to the Ku Klux Klan and got a loan. I say, you know, yes, I'm from Jamaica and I need to take all the black people from America. The Ku Klux Klan said, how much you need? He said, well, I need blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, take them. Brilliant idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's funny how, like, white supremacists can work with like black activists in the states because mm-hmm. they have the same goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you, what do you how do you feel about that? Do you do you think it's a good idea for black people in America to go back to Africa? I mean, when Garvey was saying that, that was way ahead. You know what I'm saying, but black American can free all blacks in the world. I mean, they're billionaires. They didn't get their money by just being black like that. The white man give you the money to go play basketball, go play baseball. You know what I'm saying, go rap. Go sing. You know what I'm saying? Go play football. So they shouldn't in, invest. You don't hear about no Jay's here, no blah, 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 or any Oprah Winfrey owning any um, chains of supermarkets or got some little department stores. No. And they can go to Africa and invest in Africa. I mean, Jay-Z went to Jamaica the other day with Junegar. Never do nothing. I'd have come to Trenchtown and stand up. Ian, um, Ian Beyonce. There could have been a, a little workshop for the kids, a women's clinic, because they got billions of dollars. He got a billion dollars, and she got almost half a billion dollars. They could have easily given us about $2 million and build stuff. So most of them Afro-American like talk about their cars and show off and material things and the ring that costs four billions and all kind of stuff like that, you know? So sometimes this stuff that's going on in America, it took a gay guy, a black guy, love him. His name is Dom, Dom Lemon. He's married to a white guy. But the fact remains that he was the one who was calling out the black people and said, black people, come on out. He wasn't calling him by name, and he started calling him to him, say, come on out and speak up for your own. He's talking to all the sports guys them who want to protect their name and protect their brand. And now they're coming out now. They should have come from the first, they should have come out from the first day. 
And why are the riots going on in America? When Martin Luther King said, okay, we're going to march from Selma to Montgomery. They won't riot in there. Because they won't disrespect it. The issue. You know what I'm saying? But when these black billionaires and leaders keep back in their house and don't come out, that's when the riot starts. Luther King was right there. And there were white people beside him too, you know. Nobody marched. Nobody riots. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But these black people in America, these mega rich people, they learn. Because Marcus Garvey always say black people will know themselves when their back is against the wall. Yep. So it is. Bang, ding, ding. I was listening to your song, Is It Because I'm Not a Marley? That yeah. you recorded mm. like last year. You, in the song, you seem to claim that Bob Marley was murdered. He was. Who, he who, was murdered. Who, who killed him? Well, you see, Bob Marley could have been well. When they got so much money, and you got any ailment, cancer, they have a way to cure you and live long. I mean, take out um, Matic Johnson, the basketball player. People got HIV just like him. And millions die. But they got his money. Had that magic pill. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck you mean that Bob Marley was mad? I was talking that he shouldn't go to Zimbabwe. Because I didn't know that Mugabe was labeled as a black Hitler, taking away the white man's land and all kind of stuff. And Bob Marley paid his way to go to Zimbabwe. But Bob Marley didn't know the inner circle. I'm saying, but Bob Marley writes some lyrics, Nati Dobbitina Zimbabwe. I and I gonna liberate Zimbabwe. Brother, you're right, so you're right, so right. Soon you will find out who is the real revolutionary and blah, blah, blah. I'm saying? So the system was saying, What? What Bob is doing? So when they try to locate Bob Marley, he wrote a song, Rasta no work for no CIA rat race. The CIA wanna talk with Bob Marley. Because they caught some photos with the Jamaican posse with he into some compromising position with Jim Brown and blah, blah, blah. So they want to ask him about it. The same thing that they did to um, Frank Sinatra when they caught what did they do to some Frank photo Sinatra? with Paul Castellano and a few of the gangsters them with a photo of Frank Sinatra. He said, yeah, I'm Italian. So they came backstage to meet me and greet me. So, so we took a picture, a photo, and that was it. They leave me alone. Bob Marley didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? Bob Marley said, Rasta don't work for no CIA. So I guess if he was sick, they could have saved him. Carita Marley was the one who took him to Germany, unbeknownst to his manager. And they went inside his head. And that was it. And then again, it was so powerful that they said, wow, man, this guy is like he's bringing the world together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With his songs and stuff like that. So you, so so I, you think the CIA was behind it? There has to be. Because Bob Marley said, Rasta don't work for no CIA. And then Bob Marley was saying that, I got so much thing to say right now. So much thing to say. He said, okay. Seemed like Bob Marley was about to say something. <laughs> And they silence him. Spanish Harlem by Benny King, Icaraton. Bang ding ding. There is a road in Spanish Harlem. I think that was the first Benny King hit single. It was written by Jerry Lieber and Phil Spector, the, the in, infamous producer who's now in jail for murder. But it's a, it's a beautiful song. What, what does it mean to you? Well, that was a song, I, again, listening to Jamaican radio. So when they want me to sing in school, one of the I sing. It is a special one that never sees the sun. It only comes up when the moon is on the run of the stars. <laughs> My mom loved that song too. Yeah.
What are your plans for this summer? Well, you know, as soon as the coronavirus, you know, blah, blah, blah. I did have some, a, a, a few concerts in, in um, France and Italian places everywhere, you know, so I guess it has to be cancelled because of the coronavirus. You mentioned somewhere that you've been shopping so much at Ica in Enskede that they call you Ica Musen. They got this supermarket named Ica. Ica. <laughs> you should get a discount. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody put up Ica Mouth. I said, okay, yeah. And then um, I got a, I had an interview in Darling, and then I was walking Ica. I saw it right there with my face on it. Regular legend, da 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 in Darling for like o- o- over two weeks. And that was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Magic with Frederick, beat me up, you're a genius, this is he come out, I got to go, in the garden of Sweden, darling, my darling, love you Sweden, bang, 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 on then, love you Sweden, yes, Frederick, bang, then, then. Mr. Mouse, it's been a true pleasure to have you here, thank you so much, and um, have a great summer in Enskede Dalen. Tack, tack. <laughs> Den här podcasten producerades av Daniel Bäckström för Leon Media. Ika Maus var hemma hos Draga. Hold up! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Virgin girl, bow I do them, I do them, them, them. Bow I do them, I do them, them, them. I'm in the no, oh, I'm in the no, oh, oh, no, no, oh, I'm in the no, oh, oh. Billy, Billy, bang, bang, giddy, bang, bang, giddy, men. Billy, Billy, bang, bang, giddy, bang, bang.